All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Yeah. I like the part where it goes, ah! Whole Jerry, what are we listening that? to? This is Lion Sareptep. And this song is called Hooligan's Anthem, and it's written about the feeling of the Oilers losing. There's a lot of, ah! Yeah, I get that. You guys That's how I feel inside. Internal monologues are all doing that right now. Lion Sareptep. Yeah. Hooligan's Anthem, Coop. Yeah. Cam doesn't have a mic. That's why I like to talk to him. <laughs> I'm going to take the mic He's not all allowed day. to speak because Jared... This is microphone. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna sit in. If you guys yeah. want, I can, I can yell and get picked up. I, I could be cool. I could be all right. We are back. <laughs> you cannot silence me. <laughs> Here we, we are. Weather's Nation Radio, episode thirty-two. Yeah, thirty-two. Thirty-one. I've written. I have thirty-one written on the paper. Well, it is no, thirty-two. You don't. Oh my god! I told so you now. Cam is going to have to throw away this page because he can. <sighs> let's see if Cam can turn this thirty-one into a thirty-two in an acceptable fashion. This is a very visual medium. Oh, here we go. There it goes. Look at that, Cam. You did it. I want to go ahead and thank Sherwood Ford, the giant, for making this all possible. Follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford, underscore the giant. Christopher, we are going to talk about adopt a Pedathon that is happening out at Sherwood Ford on April 27th, starting at 1 p.m. They're going to have all kinds of doggos there that need new homes, Chris. I'm going to play with all the dogs. And cats. That's how Chris is going to spend. What about the his. ostriches? Come out and say hi to us. We, you will find us playing with the animals. We'll also have nation stickers. And also come out to adopt a pet because that's important too. If you have the space in your home and the time and the willingness to do it, help an animal change its life. It will make your life better. Sherwood Ford is also donating $10 to SCARS, Second Chance Animal Rescue Society. Memorize that. 
uh, for every test drive in April. Go get yourself in a Ford, like a Shelby Mustang, maybe rip that thing around. Yeah, you'd be doing it for a good cost. Should I like? Should I try and go to Sherwood Ford and set the high score for test drives in a month? I think you should try and test drive every vehicle on the lot. Okay. So that they have to donate ten dollars per. Let's see if we can do this, Sherwood. Between all of us in this room, there is seven of us in here. We are going to spend a lot of Sherwood Ford's money test driving all kinds of cars. We are going to help some animals. I'm gonna rip around in a forty Connor line. That's right, you are. Why wouldn't you? Adopt a Petathon again happening April 27th, starting at 1 p.m. out at Sherwood Ford in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. Home of Dan. Currently, yes. <laughs> Boys, I want to talk. Uh, we got a busy week. Last week, we Turk. kind of uh, love to got tark. cut off. <laughs> love the Turk content. I like man. to Turk. I like to twerk. I like big Turks. All of it. Uh, we got cut off last week. Jared had his laptop crash. I am looking to my right. There is a fresh logic board in a laptop. That means we are back. Shout out to Evan for uh, splicing that that monstrosity together, though. It was funny because was we good. also did an episode of Real Life on Monday. Sounded like we were in a cave, but we were we were working with primitive tools, man. What are you going to do? Sometimes you just try to put out some content and see what happens. This past week was a big week for the Edmonton Oilers as they held their annual Stanley Cup, meaning the draft lottery. We were out at the brew house on the north side to celebrate the festivities. Dan is on my computer and it is fucking me up. Please don't do that. The Oilers, as we know, dropped a spot from 7th to 8th in the draft lottery. Taylor Hall somehow bumped his way up to first, meaning that in the past 10 years, including his own pick, he has been involved in six of 10 first overall picks. And he was traded for a guy that was also a, a, a lottery one pick. That's true. Adam Larson was selected fourth overall in 2000. New Jersey went from what, like ninth to fourth or some shit that year? Something like that. Amazing. It, and then and then his the seventh year, he won uh, MVP of the league. Like something crazy happens to this guy every season. Taylor Hall has been an up and down yeah. ride. Good thing that he was mean to people at Cactus Club or whatever. They we, should, we should also mention that the New York Rangers jumped up to second overall from six. What happened? How'd they get there? Had the Oilers lost their final game of the season in Calgary, they would have finished behind the New York Rangers in the standing six last, and they would have been in that lottery odd position to move up to second available in that position would be that Finnish guy, Capo. 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 Yeah, his name's fun to say. That timeline is a dark timeline. Because You're good. Yeah. then we we were in Calgary. We lost in Calgary. We thought Connor's leg was broken. We're probably all That'd way more devastated night. than we are now. It, it, I don't think that we needed to go down that timeline. Well, if, I always it, think it's funny, too. When they're like, well, if they lost the last game of the season, they would have got... Well, if they lost any of the other games in the season, yeah. they would have ended it's up true. in the spot. If you, if you go through life thinking that, that way, you're going to live a... A dark life. Like there was somebody who went like did a deep dive and it's like, well, when Edmonton beat Los Angeles eight four like a month ago, if yeah. the, that had been reversed, then An- uh, L A would have been here and they would have drafted here and the Oilers would have drafted. And second, my wife blah, blah, wouldn't blah. have left and I'd be able to see my kids. That's what I'm saying. Cam is now alone and he is back in the dating scene because his wife left him with his 15 year old son named Agnes. Weird name <laughs> for a kid, but the cam's gonna cam so what i want to ask all the boys around here is what you think the Oilers should do with the eighth overall pick we trade put it. up a poll chris is coming in hot with Sorry. trade it we put up a poll the night of the lottery and it was pretty split it was pretty split between keeping it trying to move down trading it just outright for immediate help i'm gonna go around the horn dan i'm gonna start with you what do you think the Oilers should do with that pick 
I I don't mind picking it. I I think that it's not a bad thing to keep uh, to keep stocking the cupboard. Yes, Cam uh, picking my nose. Uh, I. I think that we we still need guys. We still need youth coming up. Uh, the the cupboards are, although better than they were three or four years ago, they're still they're still pretty barren. You can't make that decision right now. Honestly, you got to sit there. You got to wait, and you shop it around. Of course, it's available, but you can't make that decision until you see what uh, where where everybody is at. Like come pick seven. I guess if somebody came and knocked your knocked your socks off, you can try and move it right now. But for the most part, I think it's gonna be it's gonna come down to who's available at eight, and you kind of got to base it by that. Making the call right now without somebody coming out and coming over top, it's just ridiculous. And we who's gonna make the trade? Stop bringing logic into this, Rick. Let's see some action. Yeah, Let's down. trade that pick for what? I don't know. I don't care. Someone some help. Like what? Package it with somebody. Tomas, like who? Tomas and let's make the playoffs next year. For who? Let's package not, it with who? And who do you get? Whoever, Mitch Marner. Yep. Whoever uh, is packageable. There's one thing I hate. <laughs> okay. One thing I have to say, and we have to slam it down right now. If the Oilers use that pick to get rid of Lucic's cap hit, that's that's garbage. Yeah, but it's not worth it. It's not worth it to save six million dollars getting rid of who you could acquire at number eight. I don't, think you have, I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to throw in eighth overall to get his contract out of here. A, a smart hockey man can move it. I know everybody hates the hockey man, but uh, Clarkson got moved. Nathan Horton had a broken back and he got traded. Uh, they traded for each other. Yeah, like there's so many. There's so many examples out there of contracts. You're like that's impossible to move, and they got moved. It's not impossible if you get somebody who knows what he's doing. He'll figure it out. It's they gotta find they gotta it. do the thing. The the best example I think of a team when they did a, an impossible move is when the Leafs traded Dion Phaneuf to Ottawa. And Ottawa gave back all those short term random shitty contracts like Balamacolic, Colin Greening, guys like that that added up to be more expensive than Phaneuf, but they were all signed to like one year deals. So if the Oilers could go and acquire like, I don't know, if they could find some dipshit team like Ottawa that has a bunch of slightly overpaid hacks. The problem is, of course, that Lucic controls his fate here. He can say no to next day. Do not think that if the Oilers were like, hey, we're going to send you literally anywhere, he'd be like, yes. I want to know like, if they would consider doing something like, oh, I don't know, a Joffrey Lupul situation. Trade for Joffrey Lupul? Where you're saying, he's a free hey, agent this year. Hey, uh, <laughs> you're hurt. But no, I'm not. I want to go skiing or whatever. No, you can't. You're hurt. And Lucic is like, but I want to play. No, you don't. Maybe You're allergic a, to your equipment now. skin condition like Marion Hosa. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I agree with Cam that I don't like the idea of trading the eighth overall with Lucic just to get rid of it. I don't think that makes sense. I am with Dan. I think they should make the pick. Expansion lottery coming up in a couple years. They need assets that they don't have to worry about, which reminds me, by the way, I'm thinking about that. Remember how Tom McClellan refused to play Evan Bouchard his 10th game and sent him back down? even though Peter Shirley didn't want to. Thanks, Todd. That could be your greatest gift to this mm-hmm. franchise. Anyway, I think that they should. I think looking at the list, Dustin Nielsen on Oilers Nation a couple days ago on Draft Lottery Day spoke to a couple of scouts and kind of ranked some prospects. He's not Bob McKenzie. He admits it right in the article. But he did speak to some scouts about who might be available in that eight hole. And there's some good forwards there. The Oilers desperately need some scoring wingers. Um, I think that they would probably be best served to do that. I know it's a long-term project. They would need to wait two, three years. However, they need more prospects. Christopher, have we swayed you? 
No. Um, of course not. I'm still in a position that we need to, like, we've said it for weeks now that the Oilers have a lot of moves they still need to make. They need to bring someone in the top six. They need to bring multiple people in the bottom six. Um, defense is another situation. But I don't think we're going to be... The the eighth overall pick can just accelerate that, I think. It can it can make it easier to acquire those guys. Like that's a lot of moves that we have to make to to be a playoff contender. One of the things you forgot to mention that we have to bring in is a GM and a head coach. So right now you're gonna trust Keith Gretzky and Bob Nicholson to make that trade. You also have to worry about like salary cap too, right? The others are pressed right up against the cap. You can't just throw away the eighth overall pick for a good player coming back. Well, I know, but you gotta there are guys on the team that you could package with the eighth. That's not Milan Lucic, not to just like shed that calorie salary. Cap, All calories. we've been doing with Peter Shirelli's regime is to, is looking back and saying, if we still had Steve Tambellini sitting on his hands, doing nothing, we'd be way better off than where we are not trading away draft picks, not trading away players and all that kind of stuff. But here we are. We're talking about trading away. The you're, you're right. But okay. Then in two years, we'll make the playoffs again. And are you fine? Over There's the no next examples out there that says uh, Keith's going to make a bad trade though. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I just asked the question. I wasn't, uh, no, I just, no, I, I think that's just part of the argument though. I don't, Keith has been a, uh, guilty by association. Well, be, but he was in the room saying yes. We've you don't know he's saying of, yes. We've he's seen in video that video of him in the saying room. the, 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 yeah. the second thing. If you go back and look at the, okay, the but that's a second thing. That, what is that? Four or five years ago? Yeah, that's fine. But he was still saying yes to Shirelli. So you, okay. You want to bring back a reader. He scored no goals last year. We I can't, do. we can't always go on their, on their history. Why would you bring back a guy who has zero goals in a season, but you're not willing to bring up a, a GM who five years ago made a mistake or just kind of went down the wrong road? The what your GM kind of says, this is what we want. Everybody follow this. That's fair. So you kind of fill it out that but way. But I asked the question, and the reason I asked the question is because I don't think that Keith Gretzky is going to be the GM come the end of the summer. I don't think so either. And so More why because would he be of making, optics. But why would he be making that trade else. then? Well, because it has to be done. I don't. I, I don't know. Like I, I said, I still think you sit there and you wait, and if somebody yeah. knocks your socks off, then yeah, a like, chimpanzee can make that trade. If somebody comes at you, we're not necessarily going out to anybody, but they're gonna be coming at us. They can't go wrong drafting. Like obviously, this, this eighth overall pick will be good, hopefully in the next few years. But but I'm looking at next year. Like if we don't move that pick, bring in a, an asset, then we're left with the, the same others, roster. The others have to worry about. The long-term future, like the 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 mess. Do we though? The mess. Yeah, absolutely. The mess this team is in right now. There's no quick fix. They're in salary cap hell. They don't have very much game-changing talent on the roster. You can't just snap your fingers and you know make your bad contracts go away and you know get good cheap players without you know having high picks. So would you be content? Would all of you guys be content with like drafting, making a couple minor moves to like yeah. to to to. Pick away at the salary cap problem and not make the playoffs next year. They could make the playoffs with, I I I bet a hundred, I, I bet a hundred dollars easy that with a healthy Clefbaum and Sakara they can make the playoffs. I agree with you, but but it's not a for sure thing. So we're looking. I'm looking at uh, NHL numbers right now to look at some of the salary cap info for the Edmonton Oilers. Coming off the books right now is Alex Petrovic's one point nine. <laughs> Kevin Gravel is coming off at 700. I could see maybe retaining him because he was a solid kind of depth player. Um, Alex Chieson's going to need a new contract. Pugliarvi. I could. Un- we were talking about this before we started recording. I wonder if the Oilers look at buying out Sam Gagne. I'm not saying that I don't love Sam Gagne. I do. I really do. But at 3.1, he's probably playing in your bottom six. That's an expensive player. Buying him out, you'd probably save about 2 million bucks. 
but then you just you're you're pushing it over time and you that's the thing i don't like about the buyouts is like with manning we talked about that one too and it's like it's just one more year get it over with if you want to save some cash then just bury the player yeah if you bury manning in the minors he's at one point one and then if you buy him out he's going to cost you something like a mil for the next two years yeah so looking at the buyouts currently the oilers are paying benoit pouliot 1.3 for another two seasons griba griba still in there for 300k next year so they got 1.6 in buyouts just next year. So that's dead space that they cannot do anything with. Gagne Super and annoying. would put them three more million buyouts for the next couple of years. What about a guy like Matt Benning? I'm looking at the defense. Who's realistic that could go as part of a package to try and get something else. Matt Benning's a decent third pairing defenseman. He makes 1.9, depending on how Evan Bouchard plays in training camp. I know they want him down in the A. Well, at least that's what Bob Nicholson says publicly. What do you think about Matt Benning? I think that if you make any moves with the defense, you have to wait until after camp because you have to see what you have when you when it comes to the to the Yol Parisons, the the uh, the um, Ethan Bears, the uh, Caleb well, Jones, Caleb Joneses of the William Wagason. There's a lot of guys yeah. coming up. See yeah. what you have in those guys because because then maybe you then maybe you're dealing. From Plus, they also have before. like always right before the season, some guy gets injured and they're always looking for a Matt Benning type, like yep. an adequate defenseman who can move the puck. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Minutes. So everyone's in favor of not touching the defense this summer. I I think it's a bad idea. It's, I would yeah. I would like to see if they could get somebody to bite on. And again, don't take this as me hating Chris Russell. I don't. I hate his contract. There's a very big difference. If they could kind of clear out that one, because he's going to be on your third pairing next year. If they could, if the new GM Keith Gretzky, whoever the fuck it is, can figure out a way to get that out of there. Then you got some options. Maybe keeping Matt Benning around isn't so bad. Then you got an empty spot on the left side that maybe Caleb Jones comes in. Well, Russell's like, realistically, is like your fourth left D, right? Because you have Clef Bumner, Sakara, and Russell on the left side. And then you probably want like, you know, Jones or somebody like that up there, right? You definitely have to, we have to make a move on the on the defensive 100%. side of things this year. Because you do have four or five guys on the left side who are all legit ready to roll. I mean, you know, you've got Nurse, you got Clef Bumner, you got Sakara, you got Russell, you got Jones. There's five guys right there all who are NHL ready. Like I, Caleb's ready to go. He should, he should be, next year. Caleb should be a third line, third line guy. If we can move both Russell and Sekera, that's a massive win. I don't want to move Sekera cause I like him, but for what he gets paid and yeah. just open it, what it does to what it does to free your hands up when it comes to salary cap issues. You gotta, you gotta do that right now. He also well, played well enough last year that he probably built up some value too. sexy Reg. Like I'll, Cam said it, earlier that if he and Clefbaum were healthy all year, then maybe we're in a different spot right now, especially considering how bad the Western Conference was this year. Sakara still makes plays and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's why they signed him. He's he's still got value. He's still a guy who can play on both sides. I just, I feel like he is a better player than Chris Russell for this team, even though he's $1.5 million more. It's going to be interesting to see how they navigate this because they have to clear salary. They're going to have to get creative in how they do it. And they're going to have to make some big choices because obviously the Oilers need upgrades in all kinds of positions. And I don't know how they're going to do it just sitting on their hands without getting creative. Speaking of creativity, Chris, how do you feel about the videos that you guys have been putting out for Sherwood Ford over the last couple of weeks? Uh, I've been excited to see the next ones. Yeah, we're holding out on you. Why are you doing that? I don't know. Go check out Sherwood Ford's Adopt a Petathon happening on April 27th out in Sherwood Park, Alberta, starting at 1 p.m. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford. 
on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. We're really trying to build up the hype on the Chris's riddles uh, video. That's if why. you love riddles, if you love questions that pick at your brain and put you into a hole where you're just trying to figure out life itself, Chris's riddles is probably going to be for you. A Chris hole. A Chris hole. Yeah. You ever get stuck in a Chris hole where you're sitting there doing the podcast, checking your email? What? <laughs> you guys get stuck in Chris holes all the time. Always. Oh no! Always. I, can't, I don't like the sound. I don't know what know. I don't know what we're talking about. I anymore. can't. See, Chris right now is stuck in a Chris hole because he made a comment like that in which he said we're always stuck in a Chris hole. <laughs> which I don't. I don't know if you. That's what you meant to say. I don't know. How's that for an actual? <laughs> we're all stuck, like in, a, yeah, we're all stuck was, in a Chris hole. That now. was a creative one. Another thing that happened this week is the nation's own and host of the smash hit Nielsen Show on TSN twelve sixty <laughs> put out a tweet. That said, a couple of sources that he trusts have stated that Keith Gretzky has already been informed by the Edmonton Oilers that he is not in the running for the general manager position, which makes it weird because Gretzky sat in the presser with Bob Nicholson on Monday. Which is very he was at the draft lottery representing at the, the draft lot- Well, that one I at least understood because they need to send somebody. They sent Bill Scott a couple of years ago. I, can, I That one I get, but the season-ending presser is a little bit weird. So we wrote about it on The Nation. A lot of traffic. A lot of chatter. Just this morning, Ryan Rashog tweeted, Keith Gretzky still very much in the mix for the Oilers GM job. Told me today he has not been informed that he isn't in contention. Contrary to some reports out there, the process continues. I talked to Dusty on the night bef- the night that article went out. He said, I believe my sources. I'm standing by it. He said it again on Inside the Nation on Thursday. Go check that out, OilersNation.com right now. What do you guys think this is? Is a little smoke there? Yeah, I think there's smoke. Do you do you, I find it interesting that nobody refuted Dusty's tweet for two, three days. I feel like if the Oilers were really hot on it, they would have just been like, not nah, not true. They would have done it immediately. They would have had somebody do that. I just find it interesting that Ryan uh Rashog, who's obviously in the mix, he's around the team a lot. Took a couple of days for something to come out. What do you guys think? You think Keith Gretzky is actually just a company man that's kind of rolling along? doing what he's told because he's a good dude and he's got the draft to worry about. What do you think? To kind of circle back to what Rick had said earlier in our conversation about the draft pick, it's not Keith Gretzky's fault that he's in this position. Um, if you look at some of his resume, there is there is some merit there for him as a as in a position with a team. It's just that, unfortunately, this this team needs a, a regime change and he's a, he's a part of the old guard and he needs to go. It's an optics thing, I think. That's like honestly, I do believe that he should have an interview. I'd love to hear what his ideas are for how to fix this and get us out of wherever the hell we are. But looking at a, at, a, at a larger picture, you can't put him in there. I mean, people get upset that he's sitting next to uh, Nicholson at the at the thing the other day. Well, he was there because I'm sorry, but Bob tripped over some questions last time. And he was <laughs> there to he was there to t- to take some ans- to take some of the questions off his plate. I just don't think Bob is the proper hockey ops guy. I have no problems with him being an OEG guy, whatever his title is. But he's got to be where he is, and then we need a GM. And I would still feel much more comfortable having a Poho there, just because I feel like a Poho would do a better job at that than if Bobby did it. Anybody else? Loving that Keith Gretzky thing sitting there? You guys in some Chris holes over there? Everybody's in a Chris hole. No, I just have nothing left to say about Keith Gretzky anymore. Beating it to death. 
well, his, the, to his credit, Keith Gretzky yeah. answers things well. He's very well spoken. He's good at interviews. Yeah. There's I a, like the way he handles the media a lot better than Bob Nicholson. I think Rick is right that they needed some kind of buffer between Nicholson and putting his own foot in his mouth. Go ahead, Chris. Well, yeah, Gre- there's no doubt that Gretzky does have positives that he will bring if he becomes GM. But I think there's a lot of more negatives and positives like this the the past week has just been a big battle on twitter about whether gretzky would be a fit or not i think that to me the best spot for keith gretzky's considering everybody talks about his drafting record and his ability to scout would be kind of where Dwayne sutter is at right now as the vice president of player personnel and heading up the scouting department i don't know if keith gretzky wants to do that or not i'm just guessing i just feel like that's a better spot for him than a gm role with a team that desperately needs a guy with some experience or a different way of looking at things. Yeah, it's it's not even a, a, a shot at Keith Gretzky. It's more just there's got to be somebody better out there to like lead them out of the mess that fresh. Realistically, Keith Gretzky was a part of. Well, the thing I think of is why wasn't Gretzky acknowledged or considered for like GM of Seattle or like any yeah, other? There's been teams. no discussion like he, about Seattle's he, franchise talking to Gretzky at all. His name. Keep talking. Rick's not a mic. <laughs> Well, I don't know. There, there's just his name hasn't floated around the NHL at all. And I mean, should we con- be concerned? Concerned? What are the about names that? that you remember being floated around for Seattle? I know there was Mike Gillis was the big one. Uh, they talked McCrimmon. about Kelly McCrimmon, Lawrence Gilman. All like the same names that are floating yeah, around. Much the yeah. way. Speaking yeah. of uh, Rick mentioned, Ron a, Francis was another one too. Rick mentioned a Poho position, Steve which Benjamin. leads me into Ralph Kruger stepping down after six years as chairman of Southampton FC. When that came up this morning. It's been six years already? Six years. God, time flies. It sure does. You're having a great time and rebuilding. Um, So Ralph Kruger steps down. His contract is up on June 30th with Southampton. They decided to kind of, from what I at least gather, they decided to mutually part ways, which opened the door for Oilers fans to get excited that maybe Ralph Kruger could be the guy that steps in as the president of Hockey Ops. On April 1st at The Athletic, Pierre Lebrun spoke to Kruger about it. And um, the quote that I kind of was interested in is where Kruger was asked if he had an interest in going back to hockey. And He says, if you spoke about hockey with me now, I would probably tend more to one day take experiences of being a chairman slash president of a Premier League team and possibly back into the game of hockey or other sports. The thing I've learned is not really sport relevant, but it's really clear hockey still has a place in my heart. So it seems to me that he doesn't really want to be behind the bench. He wants to be up in the golden offices, which seems to me like a good spot for him here. Though, would he be interested in coming back to the organization that fired him via Skype when they were when when the season ended, they told him that they were going to find him some experienced assistant coaches. Mac T fires up the old Skype machine. All of a sudden, Ralph Kruger no longer with the team after only being head coach for 48 games. What do you think of Ralph Kruger as Poho? I like it. I like him as Poho. Um, Gregor made an interesting point in his article this morning on whether... I didn't really realize that majority of NHL teams don't even have a Poho. So I think if we had a different... If Bob Nicholson wasn't the the guy to choose the GM, like, do we even need a Poho? I would prefer to have a Poho only because I feel like he'd have a better grasp on the hockey ops than Bob does or Kate's does. Yeah. Because I think... Like, I haven't had a chance to read Gregor's article yet, but... Uh, for the teams that don't have one, I'm sure whoever is in that role, whoever's above the GM, has a better grasp on hockey ops than anybody that 
we would be able to turn to instead. So yeah, I would I'd bring Ralph back in a in, in a second to run that spot. He's he's exactly what the organization needs if they want to figure out the culture issue. He's the guy that you want to come in and and be able to speak to everybody and kind of uh, kind of replace a lot of the the doubt and the and the ugliness that's on that side of the the table. I totally agree with that. But you're he's coming back and he's gonna he's gonna be working directly alongside the guy that fired him via Skype. Not if he's a poho man. Hey, Mac T, fire up yeah, your Skype. Gone, I need hey? to talk to you. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting idea because like Rick said, I would like to add another layer between Nicholson and what happens with hockey. I think that hiring the best possible people you can for positions with varied experiences, ideas, outlooks on the game, that's the way this franchise is going to get better. Over the last 13 years, the Oilers have been very one-track-minded with, we've got the same ideas, we've got the same people, we've got the same approach, and it obviously hasn't worked. To me, I look at Ralph Kruger as a potential for Poho because, one, like Dan said, he communicates effectively. He's got a willingness to accept new ideas. He's got a range of experiences from coaching to management to different sports, too. Well, that was He can handle the media that in guy, this That's city. exactly what that I was That guy say. learned a lot. I would imagine being on top of the English Premier League franchise. You you learn really, I mean, soccer is such a big thing, right? And there's so many different ways that teams over there view like building what they do. And if if anyone knows now how to find the right people for jobs in in building something in an extremely competitive environment, it's that guy. Yeah. He's 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 going to have a lot of new age ideas on how, you know, how to evaluate talent, how to create, you know, a culture this and that. I think it I think it makes a lot of sense. It's it was such a unique thing for Southampton to do because Kruger had little to no experience with football uh, football or soccer um as we Footy. call it over here. Football. But uh but yeah, he he went over to Southampton. They spent the entire time that he's he's been there in the uh in the Premier League in the middle of the table the whole time, but but I mean, as Cam said, that's one of the most competitive competitive sports and competitive leagues in the world it's super different too it's like and they it's, don't have they exactly. don't have a draft to fall back on there's no salary cap it's exactly like, it's it's just like dog eat dog and he showed up and and ran the show for six years with with not much problem to show for it so so it's so yeah for a guy that that we we all i think around the table thought got chopped way too soon he was a great great coach it seemed wasn't wasn't given the chance he had he had some magic working with yakupov who has never figured it out since then you know so so there's something to be said for that he had a little bit of a, that soft touch that these millennials need right Coom? he did you could just tell man you justin schultz yakupov were flying that year you just you could tell he was uh, giving them pats on the head and communicating to them with emojis good How- job maybe like a sunshine sticker on their stick every time they did something good how perfect is this timing? This is a sign from the hockey gods. Well, that's what that's what I wrote in my article this morning at OilersNation.com that it's just the timing of this is hilarious. Uh, June 30th is obviously quite a ways away, so there's still some time left on his contract with Southampton, but yeah, maybe. And he seems like the kind of guy who has the personality. I mean, I, I'm just guessing. I'm Obviously, I'm guessing, but he seems like the kind of guy with the personality where he would be like, ah, Oilers, you're all right. I'll come on back. Well, and he can, and he would, yeah, he would be the guy to to be able to address Wreck It Ralph Redemption Tour. Yeah. One thing I want to end this segment on is looking at Gregor's article up now. He says, one name I keep hearing regarding the GM job is Mark Hunter. He has scouted for years. He was an assistant GM for the Maple Leafs for a few seasons and then 
for a short three-month period in 2015. He and Kyle Dubas were co-interim GMs for the Leafs until they hired Lou Lamarillo. Mark Hunter has been around for a while. He would certainly bring a fresh outlook as well. Cam, you're a Toronto guy. What do you think? Robbie Shrimp, when we had him on the podcast, spoke glowingly about Mark Hunter and being a part of London Knights organization. The Leafs, Leafs fans have a very mixed view of what Mark Hunter did. There was a lot of... Um, his, his big thing there was drafting, obviously, because he's the OHL guy, but he, he was kind of like more old school in his um, approach to drafting, whereas, you know, Dubas was the new school guy. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, there's ups and downs, but I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to Hunter given the like tremendous amount of success the London Knights have had. He's obviously doing something right. Bringing in a guy like Mark Hunter, Chris, would be a breath of fresh air for the Edmonton Oilers organization, much like what you would get. If you hook up a POG deodorizer in your home, whether that's the handheld unit or the plug-in unit, go check out thepogstore.com. Get yourself a ozone deodorizer that kills 98% of household odors caused by bacteria and fungus. It freshens and purifies the air naturally using the power of ozone slash nature. It eliminates odors without use of dangerous chemicals. That is good for you. That's good for your family. That is good for the smell in your house. Go check out the 30 day odor free challenge at thepogstore.com. Those babies come with a 30 day return and a two year warranty. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, Chris? How's that hockey room of yours smelling? Fresh. Of course it is. Dan, your shoes? My bathroom. My new bathroom fan is fantastic. You pivoted. Yeah, you pivoted from shoes to bathroom use. I like that a lot. Cam, how's your car smelling? Yes. Yes. Cam has got the freshest car available. Go check out the Pog store. Dot com. I want to recap or I want to get into the next part where we went to Calgary last weekend. It was the final game of the Oilers season. It was a shift. We got to the brew house in Sherwood Park around 10, started loading up at 1030. Beers were cracked by 1031, made our way down to Calgary, stopped in Red Deer, polished off some lunch, more beers back on the bus. More beers. Made it to Calgary. Happy birthday to Chris, by the way. Chris's birthday extravaganza was something else. I want to mention how great it was to have a bus full of people that just... Last game of a dead season. We still had a bus full of people go down. We had a great time. The spirits were high going into that weekend. But then the vibe changed at some point in the second period. Abruptly. Leon scored his 50th goal in that first period. We were all fired up. That was our Stanley Cup. That was a huge moment. There was like only a couple of things that we wanted from the whole trip. One was Leon to get his 50th. He got that out of the way nice and early. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Smith for whiffing on an easy save. That was, that was a huge play by him to give Leon that 50th goal. Leon must have had like six shots in the first period. He was firing from all angles. We were taking guesses on the way down of how many minutes he was going to play. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to be up over 30 if he doesn't get this thing done early. Fortunately, got it done early. Still played a lot of minutes. Why did he play a lot of minutes? Because our captain, arguably one of the worst plays I've seen in terms of just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Connor flies around Mark Giordano. Gio dives at the puck, whiffs, hits Connor's legs. Connor crashes into the net. Does not move. Does not move. It was interesting for me to look around the Saddle Dome and just see the air get sucked out of the building 
And it wasn't just Oilers fans that were rattled. Even Flames fans were like, oh, shit, he's not moving. Because that's, that's just like a hockey thing. Like, no one, no one in the world wants to see that happen. And the, the, the air got sucked out of the building. Um, everyone went quiet. And frankly, the rest of the game, like, it was just quiet until we found out the results of his x-rays. I want to ask you guys. So that night, Oilers fans were all over the place. Obviously, Connor was hurt. Nobody ever wants to see that. He's the best player on the planet. You want him to be healthy. It's good for the game. It's good for the Oilers. It's good for everybody when he's playing. Do you think that was a dirty play by Mark Giordano? I'll start off. I say no. I think it was a desperation play that probably maybe sure doesn't need to happen in game 82, but he he dove at the puck. Mark Giordano's not a dirty hockey player. It was just um, a stupid play. It's just no. Connor's going 9,000 miles an hour. If you're going to if you're going to blame Gio for doing that, then you should blame Connor for trying to skate that fast around him. Like it's a hockey play. No one's going to not play their best at game 82 of the season. It's just no, it just it's just a I think it's just a stupid play. I just don't think it's necessary. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Gio was like, "Well, Connor just beat me, so I'm going to sweep the leg." No, it was just it was just a play where he got beat and he decided to dive out for it instead of instead of reaching out for it or or letting his other defenseman back him up. He like, can't do anything else. He's got to go he's got to go for it there. I know I hate yeah. the, I hate the end result. And it wasn't even his stick cuz Connor had bent down Grab that stick and push it out of the way. Are you it's just Connor? where it's just where he dove to where he thought the puck was gonna be, but Connor was faster than that, so the puck was beyond that already. And instead of where he thought the puck was gonna be, it was now Connor's feet. And yeah, the stick was out of the way. It, it, it's just a freak accident that you know maybe it can be considered a bit of a dangerous play just in the end result, but the play itself, it's it's fine. It's gonna happen all the time. Not much you can do about it. It's a contact sport, and yeah, you kind of just be glad it's game eighty two and we aren't going to the playoffs. You don't see that play happen too often because, frankly, no one, no one blows. Yeah, no one blows by a defenseman that fast. So Geo got flat footed, forcing him to dive. Like usually, a defenseman's able to like reach with his stick, like you said, Dan, or try to lay a hip or something. But I mean, he, he was obviously surprised of how fast McDavid beat him. He got turnstiled, and I think, like Chris just said, I think it caught him by surprise. He was just like, he had that, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit moment. As you see Connor coming down, and you're like, I got this, I got this, I got I don't have this at all. I don't have it. He's gone. Oh, my God. I just think it was like, like Rick said, a freak accident. It sucked. It was horrible. To make matters worse, though, we were all sitting in the Saddle Dome up at the press level. The Sherpas got us there safely, so I thank them for that. But we were all sitting up in the press level just scouring Twitter for updates and it didn't get any better as people were sending us highlights of zoomed in on Connor's face where he says, I think it's broken or it's broken or whatever he was saying that did not make it any better. It was even worse for me because you guys were all watching. Whereas I was in line to get a slice of pizza and I just saw everybody was like, <gasps> I'm like I would on? argue it was worse for Rick and I, because we had that plug of a, of a guy <laughs> sitting next to us. Uh, Dusty kind of broke it down on his uh, Inside the Nation this week. Dan was ready for a scrap. There was a guy that had had some classless kind of celebrations, wanking himself off or whatever uh, when the when the Flames scored their goal to tie the game. Um, and then uh, while Connor was laying on the ice, he started chirping Connor about being soft and and whatever. And so I told him to uh, you know class the fuck up and act like an adult because that's a kid just laying on the ice hurt. And then he pretended to be upset that he would had done that and he would never do that. And then during the power play, he decided to start asking to, the Oilers to pass it to Connor. Well, 
I once again told him to shut the fuck up and class the hell up. Dan grabbed him and said, don't talk to me or myself ever again. And then uh, he made some comment about me being fat and and, uh, told me to go cry about it. And I, eh, anyways, uh, words exchanged. He leaned in and then, uh, yeah, Dusty, uh, Dusty came in and. Picked that was the end of the argument on the ice from Dusty the top just level. stood up and stared at him all like seven feet of him and uh, the guy back Dusty's down. an absolute unit I don't know who this guy was because I I was sitting beside Nation Dan and then Dusty thought he was sitting beside me so then I had both of these guys on my sides and I have never felt so small yeah I had Dusty on my right and Dan on my left and I'm not a very small person. And I just, I kind of cowered in my seat. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a long <laughs> game. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was fun. And uh, then security came up and asked me if I was going to be a problem for the rest of the night. And you I said, told, yes. Speaking of that him, security guard, that dude was like 50. And he was one of the most jacked 50-year-old men that yeah. I've ever seen in my life. That t-shirt was struggling. There was a lot of units in that section. Yeah. You know they what also we happened of... in that section? A lot of people that were very exhausted from walking up there. God, I hate the Saddle Dome. It is a garbage building. They should have hot air balloons. They should have. Maybe an escalator? Some kind of tow rope? Something to get us up there? Maybe something to carry us? Gondola would be fun. Also, that the flames, they do that thing where they, they trick you. We walked into the building and the 50-50 was at like 150 oh, grand or whatever. Yeah, so that we're was all crazy. like, oh man. So we all got tickets thinking we're going to walk away with like 400 grand by the end of the night. They do that thing where they show the total, not just what you're taking home, you scoundrels. Well, and as we walked in the building, it was 144,000, which was what they started it at. So they were like, they, they threw in 72,000 to begin and then they just doubled that. Man, the Flames had one of the funniest like commercial break giveaway fan engagement things remember that one guy that had to like answer trivia questions and he just stared blankly at the screen and started like mumbling into the mic like the hostess was just like ah trivia question about the flames and he's like and everyone in the crowd's like what the fuck is happening right now we we're walking around kind of looked like he was in a k-hole or something we we're walking around we we're just like looking at people just like Man, they really take the cowboy thing seriously down there. Even the cops were wearing the cowboy hats. They Felt like everywhere. I was watching an episode of fucking King of the Hill. Hell yeah. Just like watching the Flames game one last night. It looked fun, but I just feel so bad for everyone in that arena how shitty it is. My thing about the Saddle Dome is that when you're sitting in the press level, first of all, your view is obstructed because of the press box right in front of you, but also that you can't see the ice, so the two screens they have in front of screens you are, are so dark. bad. The brightness is set to a one out of ten. It's 10. like watching the game on a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they have like those, those like the old style bulb screens as well, and they have stats on it, but it's designed to be a like a a double the resolution of the screen so you just see like half of the names and nothing none of the stats that they're listing it's it's just all bad and i want to shout out to uh george canyon when he's doing the national anthem it sounds like he's lifting a house (laughs) it's very odd to listen to i will take our anthems any day of the week i would take the anthem by good charlotte oh that's well that is the anthem that's the only one you need uh from the calgary trip i also want to talk about when the game was ended my favorite thing was the Oilers tweeted out that Connor's x-ray was negative and you could hear Oilers fans walking around chanting, it's not broken. Our bus broke into the chant, it's not broken. We've got video of that up on social. Oilers fans just turned it into a party knowing that Connor was going to be okay because there was reports coming out that he was screaming in the hallways and he'd so been carted out in a wheelchair and there was just like, there was a whole lot going on. Take him outside like Lassie and shoot him. So there was just a whole lot going on. Fast forward a week now, 
We're seeing Connor in a leg brace. He's cruising around. Uh, the, golf? I, saw, I saw the Oilers. Yeah, playing a little Professor Wems. Professor Wems working moved. on that short game. Where do you think he went to the what? what where do you think he went in the food court after Wem? Taco time. Oh yeah, and those some nice tacos. That'd be nice. Did they go to Swiss chalet there? Maybe a Cinnabon. Swing by Cinnabon. I know they used to have an Arby's, but they don't anymore. What? One other shout out from the the trip. We we had kind of speculated on who would wear the crown, and I believe the crown was handed out early into the night. The like crown it has was handed out on the bus. Yeah, to Calgary. Well, yeah. there was there, there was there were some people that were in the mix. They were deep in the mix. There was a couple of boys that were rocking oh. the, the Oilers suits, Tom. Those suit jackets, Tom and, and the Nick. helmets. Well, it's just a quick power nap. After, bathroom after guy was really in it. In it, there was a guy who went to the bathroom probably thirty-two times on the bus down. You got to dehydrate. Started man. calling him bathroom guy. Was bathroom that cool? guy. No, it was not me. Oh, I went to the bathroom probably nine times. I want to shout as many out as bathroom guy. I want to shout out Mike Alexander, who is our uh, our CTO here at the Nation. Big Mike. He. This was his first ever nation trip with us, and man, was he fun. He oh, was a great a, he's time. He was a wild guy. We were walking around the saddle, and we're like, where's Mike? And all of a sudden, we would get in our group chat a selfie of him with Harvey the Hound or something. We're just like, where are you right now? He's just like, I'm over here. And he takes another selfie, and he's in a, he's in a suite. If you follow his selfies, you can chart him right from the glass all the way up to press level. At different, he's just like at different on points. the ice playing. My favorite thing, I think, though, was the next morning at breakfast. We all make our way down to the buffet, <laughs> and Mike was working through a stack of pancakes, and that was probably 90 minutes to get half of those down. So so I went to the breakfast buffet, and then Mike joined me, and uh, they, they had stopped serving the breakfast buffet, so he had to talk his way into a stack of pancakes, and he got through one of them, and then he's like, Dan, if you just want to go, you can go, man. I'm going to be here for a while. And and sure enough, Bag Milk shows up a little bit later and he's just staring at the wall. He was just taking a dip in Lake Mike. You know, he was just deep in thought, reconsidering his life and then how he arrived to where he was at. It was great, man. I loved it. Having a great time on your first nation trip. Everybody's got to wear the crown at one point. And I was happy to see it was Mike. Back up to the night before, though, after the game, we ended up back at the brew house, crushed a couple of double rums, had a little dance, doing a little boogie. Mike was doing some fishing out on the dance floor. Hey, what about, that, what about that old guy on the dance floor? Oh, man, there was an old guy. He was an absolute beauty. He was cutting rugs and moving. Uh, he, he was busting out moves that we haven't seen since the 40s. I guarantee that guy did, did some psychedelics with the Beach Boys back in his day. That'd be really nice, allegedly in Camp's opinion. From there, though, I like to say that we all ended up at the casino. Nino. Despite the fact that Calgary has zero sidewalks to be found, we were very, very concerned about mechanical injuries, jumping up over rocks, on banks, walking in the grass, could have been holes, Going never know. Bogs. I don't understand why Calgary does not have sidewalks. However, we ended up at the casino. We all won some money playing craps. A couple of boys, Evan, Chris... Rookies with the craps still want some money. They only put down like 10 bucks. They doubled their money, essentially. 20 bucks? 20 bucks. They doubled their money, pretty much, more or less. The towel boy, all he does is win. Pulled out another 400 bucks out of, the, out of a slot machine. The guy is just horseshoes, man. Horseshoes. And it is pretty incredible. From there, we ended up at McDonald's. Unfortunately, the doors were closed. We were not allowed in. Only the drive-thru was operational. We had no car. We had had a few cocktails, so we weren't allowed to drive. That's when uh, Jared. Jared stepped up to the plate. Jared saved us. He wanders over to that speaker box, and he starts whispering sweet nothings into, into Nanette's ears, who was the manager at the time. He was, just, he was just pleading our case. He's like, listen, I'm going to level with you. 
We'd really love some cheeseburgers here. We've all had a few cocktails. We know we're not allowed to drive. Just let us in. So what, what she does is she walks out of the McDonald's with a napkin and a pen. She says, you guys write down what you guys need and you hand it back to me and we'll get that done. And we're like, okay, it's three in the morning at this point. So we are writing down probably 30 cheeseburgers on this thing. There was varying orders. There was nuggies. There was cheeseburgers. There was all kinds of stuff. We handed that back. All of a sudden we have a line forming behind us in the drive-thru and they had a delay because we ordered a lot of food. We ordered a lot of food and, uh, I want to give a shout out to Nanette for making it all happen. Though, what I would say is given all the food I ate at 3 a.m., Chris ate a lot of food. We were sharing a room. One thing we really could have used in our room was a brand new pog <laughs> because it smelled in there. And we needed something to clear the air. Nothing clears the air quite like a pog, whether it's the handheld unit or the plug-in unit. Kills 98% of all household orders caused by bacteria and fungus. Chris and I ourselves stunk like both bacteria and fungus we could have used the pog at that moment it freshens and purifies the air naturally using the power of nature and ozone it eliminates odors without the use of dangerous chemicals go check out the pogstore.com freshen your home freshen your car freshen your sports bag freshen your life chris could have used the mobile pog there mobile pog toss in your bag i feel like all of us needed a mobile pog on that trip all the rooms were not smelling as fresh I as they were when we arrived. The bus going home definitely oh, needs it was a bug. We need to we need to think about that one for the next trip. You guys, Maybe backside tours needs to hook up with Pog and uh, freshen up their buses. That's all we're saying. Backside tours, you're listening to this. Pogstore.com. Pick up some of the mobile units. Your buses will smell fresh as a daisy. I promise. One thing Cam mentioned yesterday on the Nation is there was a report that came out that Carpat. Carpat from the Finnish League is looking at bringing Jesse Pugliarvi back. They would like to have him back. Cam wrote about it. I would like to know what you guys think about it. His agent obviously came out and said that's not the case. His plan is to play in the NHL next year. I get that. His client is without a contract, so what else is he going to say at this point? Cam did raise some interesting points in the article, though, that maybe considering where he's at in terms of his overall confidence as a player, maybe a year in Finland would help get him back to where he was. Oilers would still retain his rights. Maybe there's something there. What do you guys think? They can't have him. I want him here. He's he's our native son. No, he's not. He's from Finland. Um, he's but, their uh, native son. He's our adopted son. I would love to have Jesse figure it out over here. I see the merit in what Coombe was saying about uh, about maybe going over and finding his game. But I think it's at the end of the day, it's up to Jesse. And I I wish I knew what Jesse was thinking about it, but uh, I don't. I don't think you. I, I can't see him going over there. Um, I think just that backwards step for a guy that doesn't have a lot of confidence in his game right now would be uh, really tough. I know he'd probably prefer to be around his family a lot more, but uh, going backwards like that, I think it'd be really tough to... Uh, really tough on him to, to try and move forward uh, in the NHL. I have a lot of uh, confidence that this surgery is going to help him. I think uh, he looked really good in the preseason there before it started to bug him, and then it started to get worse and worse throughout the year. I think you really you can really, if you break down his games, you can see where it affects him. You know, you really can't drop your hips too much and lower your center of gravity. Therefore, you're getting pushed over a lot. You can't push back because it hurts. So I think uh, once we get through this surgery, um, get through the rehab, 
come into next year. He'll be probably skating for a couple of months by then. He's going to come into uh, he's going to come into the training camp, probably real fresh, real hungry. Hopefully, a new contract, ready to go. Two years, two to three mil, something like that. I've got big hopes for the kid for next year. And then regarding like the whole culture language barrier, uh, he's got to stay here and and work that out. He said it last summer that when he went home, he he wasn't taking a lot of his English lessons because he was just busy with family and just like enjoying his time there. So, I mean, like imagine the step back that he would take if we went back. Maybe we could send him back to Finland with some OC (laughs) DVDs and he can learn English from Seth. Yep, that's an option. (laughs) Misha Barton. My Cam, what do you think? You wrote the article. Do you think this is a good idea or no? <clears throat> well, my thing when I wrote it was well, he, um, I thought the reason he might want to do it is the fact that the Oilers can stash him in the AHL without him going on waivers this year because he hasn't yet played 160 games in the NHL and he hasn't been under contract for five years. So given that, the Oilers can, I mean, they could put him in the AHL for the whole year and I'm very confident he doesn't want that. I'm not saying the Oilers are going to do that, but there is that risk. So, I mean, if if he, you know, goes into the offseason, you know, negotiating contracts and they're like, oh, you're kind of on the bubble for the roster. And he's like, uh, I, 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 I could see him going back to Finland for a year. It could happen. It's not, the, it's not the worst thing ever. Like, like the, he should have stayed in Finland in his, his, his draft plus one year. Yes. I don't know how much it'll benefit now that he's like 21. But, I mean, it, I, it, it can't be the end of the world. You go back and be really good in that league, gain some confidence. No, uh, at the very least, it's going to be another interesting storyline to watch as we go through the summer. The Oilers have got a lot of things going on over this offseason, so there's going to be a lot to check in on, including Jesse Pugliarvi. I think he's going to be around. I, I, I can't see him going back, but who knows. With 10 minutes left in this podcast, I want to finish off Talking with a final Ryan. look nope. at, yes, Cam did win his ball hockey championship. Yes, there is a there trophy. Is. Held above his head in a picture, Cam is smiling very large. He is very, very happy about that. Thrilled to be a champion. However, that was not the only thing that Cam won. Cam also ran away with the Lucic gold draft, finishing up with a 4-1 finish. I completely forgot about this. It was not close. Start to finish, Cam was the runaway winner from December, essentially. Now, the beginning of this we all had a bet where cameron if he won or whoever won was able to pick jerseys for the other three lads and today we are all going to learn our fate we are going to learn about what we have to wear knowing cam as i do this is not going to be fun cam i know you've been thinking about it i know you've spent some time working on it so you're going to tell us what they are so yeah, what's I can, happening? I can drop that live on the podcast. We're going right to do a reveal of what kind of punishment we are all facing now that Cam is the Lucic whisperer, knows exactly when he's going to score somehow. Or are you going to order the t- the shirts? No, no, no. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll drop them on there now. And then Evan, the intern, can maybe make a little podcast promo with the design. I don't know. Evan's over there showing Jared something on his phone. Nobody's paying attention over here to us, Cam. Our audience is not interested. <laughs> We have got Evan showing Jared some pictures of feet. Evan loves pictures of feet. Evan loves feet. There was a picture on Instagram on, I believe it was Adam, the creator made it of Doritos covered feet. And Adam was, or uh, Adam. Doritos. Evan was very, very excited about the Doritos, as Chris put it. Ah. Cam, little drum roll here for the boys. What has 
Cam got in store as a punishment for winning the Lucic Gold Draft. So, Cam. as you guys know, I tried to do that Windicate with uh, two games left to go. And what I suggested was is that if Lucic scores in Calgary and he doesn't score in San Jose, which didn't end up happening, you guys all had to get a Coom tattoo. Dan was all in on it. Dan wanted a Coom tattoo. Chris, the intern, said he was going to shave off one of his eyebrows and get a Coom tattoo there. Uh, Rick was scared because he's scared of sharp objects. And Bag Milk says that he would get Coom tattooed on him on his chest regardless. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like a face tattoo, like a Post Malone style. So anyways, it didn't happen. It just it just didn't it didn't didn't work out. So that got me thinking that I think that's the way it should go. So when this thing started, I had a big idea that I knew was going to really fuck with all of you guys. And this was my original idea. I was going to make you guys all get Connor McDavid Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys. Because that would have just been... That would be so good. That would have been... But then I thought, you know what? That's really fucked up. That's really mean. No one's going to have fun wearing that. You wear it to the rink or you wear it to work or wear it around the neighborhood and people are going to give you dirty looks. Maybe you might get a... Maybe somebody will give you a slap. Maybe somebody pour a cocktail on you. I don't want want your health and safety to be at risk wearing a Connor McDavid Leaf jersey around the city. That's bad. So instead, I want all of you guys to get jerseys that say, Coom Fan 1. Which team? <laughs> Just Oilers ones. Coom fan one. That's easy. Coom fan one's easy. Yeah, that's a gentle. I think that's you know what I think that's Thank gentle. You, Thank you, Coom. You know what? That's a like. I'm, I'm cool with that. That's a. I'm. Yeah. I wear that happily. I'll even I'm, throw that in the rotation. I'm pretty sure I'd get killed if I was wearing a Connor <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leafs jersey. Oh so that's God. that's very nice of you. That would have been so good. So what are the? I forgot what the stakes are. We wear them for. We a have week to straight. buy them, and then. We didn't really ge- we didn't really <laughs> talk about it. I thought it was down. for like a week straight. That kind of rings a bell. You should have to wear them to every Oilers game you go to next year. Cool. All right. Because I'll do that. That's yeah, fine. I think that's, that's pretty fair. You go with Coom fan fair. number one at Oilers game. I'm trying to think of how many games I went to this year. Like five or six, maybe. I'm now not re-upping my season. And Vegas and Calgary so. trips. <laughs> yeah, I think I maybe went to five, six games this year. That's casual. I'll wear a Coom fan one. No problem. Coom fan one. Yeah. Or what you guys could do is you know those cups that say like drunk. Drunk one, drunk two, you can get Kumfan one, two, three, and four. And then you're in the line. That'd be adorable. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Kum, That's good. Kumfan one, two, three, four. And then when we stand in the line, all the boys are in order. Who wants to be one, two, three, and four? And also, you have to decide. Also, the thing that I like about that is you won by a score of four, one. Yeah. There's four of us. I like it. I want, I, want, one, I want Chris to be Kumfan one. Hell yeah. Can and I then, be two in honor of Bob Beers? Sure. Thank you. I'll take three. And then Rick can be number four. There you go. Taylor Hall, number four. four. is Rick. I am honoring Bob Beers with Coom Fan 2. You oh, know yeah. this is a this is a secret message for who his best friends are. I'm his first best friend. Rick is his fourth best friend. Evan's not even a best friend. Yeah, Evan's not allowed to be in the, in the bets. <laughs> Evan, you can also get a Coom Fan 5 shirt if you're interested. I met... I actually... I've meant to mention this last last week or two weeks ago, I met Papa Hugawanik. Did you? What? I did. We were walking on the street with the Finns, and Evan's like, this is my dad. And I kept walking because I thought he was joking. Because <laughs> we always say that to each other. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you thought that I was his dad. I thought he was joking. <laughs> and then Evan's like, no, no, he really is my dad, Dan. And then I, uh, I had a little, did you had ask a little Papa, chat with Papa Hugawanik. Did you ask Papa Evan what he thinks about us sending him on adventures, even though they're only in our imagination? Uh, no, he just, he said he was uh, a big fan of ours. And, of course he and, is. 
Why wouldn't it be? Loved our, all our, of us more than his son. And wow, uh, yeah. <laughs> our content is elite. <laughs> Does uh, your dad want a Coom fan shirt? Does your dad want to be Coom fan six? Oh yeah, that'd look really nice on Papa Hook. I would really like That's to see That's the nice that. thing about the numbers is as uh, more people get in the mix, <laughs> maybe Jay wants a Coom fan seven. Maybe but his Wanye, will be a Flames tee though. Yeah, Flames one. Wanya can be like Coom's fan, Coom fan 10. <laughs> get like the little brick people can be wearing like Coom fan 20. Maybe we got like 99 Coom fans. Maybe we just fill the upper bowl with Coom fans and there's just thousands of them and the NHL store is going to have to figure out how to put 10,000 numbers on the back of a shirt. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I want to thank everybody for participating in the Lucic goal draft, even though I got shut out. The only person even in the window kit that even got a goal was Dan. So oh, Rick, welcome. myself, and Chris were all shut out in the Ofra Club. I was looking back this morning at it. We all had 11 picks. We all had 11 games to choose in this draft. <laughs> Cam hit four goals, two in of which games. came in one game. Yeah, uh, And the, the two-goal game... Cam was at as well. He ended up in the yeah, big screen. That was screen. a good time. It just seemed like it was destined to end with Cam. Uh, I was actually concerned when Cam got his first goal that it was just going to end one nothing. That's what I thought too. I was a, uh, I was uh, I was at Bumblebee, enjoying Bumblebee the movie. So we came up explodes. with the idea that like, okay, well, there was two games where Lucic scored that Cam didn't watch. So if we negated those goals, he still would have won because he was at the two goal game against Buffalo. So we can say that I won two to one if you want. I don't, <laughs> doesn't really matter. Lucic goal draft is wrapped up. It would have been hilarious if at the same time we did a Toby uh, Reader goal draft. We added that one in later. He just didn't score at all. So we would have all been losers on that one. I think I think this needs to be an annual thing, though, with, with bigger stakes next year. Yeah, like we'll come up, we'll pick Not a player. next year. We'll pick a player. We'll come up with something for next year. We'll work. We got a whole summer to work on. 100%. If you have any ideas for us. Looking in the summer, one last thing I want to mention. Dan wrote about on The Nation. Joel Pearson's coming over from Sweden next year. He's going to battle for a spot in that on that third pairing. Probably, if I was to guess, end up in Bakersfield. Get a little bit of seasoning over the North American game. Also, Todd McClellan looks like he's going to be the next coach of the Los Angeles Kings or the Buffalo Sabres or maybe the Los Angeles Kings or maybe the Buffalo Sabres. Either way, Todd McClellan will be working somewhere next year. And also, we got some playoffs to talk about for next episode as well. I want to thank all of all of the seven people in here for contributing to the podcast. I want to thank Sherwood Ford, the giant for making this all possible. I want to thank the for making this all possible. And every single one of you for listening. What I ask is that you subscribe, you tell a friend, you tell your parents, you drag a whole room worth of people in there's a lot of fingers going on. I'm getting rattled. Now. Jared's going to kill wanna, us if we don't Jared uh, wants make us a to mention, uh, the new, the new thing that we're starting this summer is the one for one feature. Which we have uh, begun to yes. uh, begun to accept offers Humst. on, uh, or sorry, contemplate offers for our uh, resident cap space. Little backstory: uh, a couple years ago at Christmas, Dan brought a giant monkey in for the gift exchange. We named him Cap Space. Technically, he's my monkey. That is true, Chris. It is, is my Chris's monkey. So, sh- should yeah, I just like take him home? You you tried to put him up on the marketplace like a year ago for a hundred dollars. Yeah. And you got an offer for $100. No, I never got an and offer. And you turned that down, and you were like, let's make a new thing, a new oh, video shit, property. Man, you could have had, had a cool 100 bucks in your pocket. I could still sell it. Or yeah. you could have good video content. Which we are going to. So if you have any offers, feel free to check out the, uh, the video on our social medias. 
and uh, send us a video of send what you'd offer Send us your pitches, man. Right now, we got an accordion in the mix. We could be trading caps for an accordion. Thank you to Sherwood Ford the Giant. Thank you to the Pogstar for making this happen. Thank you to Lions Reptep for yelling at me right now. Have a good weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.